Welcome to The Real Journey Show. On this podcast, you can expect guests of all backgrounds and professions to share a real journey they have experienced in this thing called life. From origin to current, the rocky ups and downs in the middle, and what is yet to come. The journeys of each guest will vary, but there is one thing that will remain constant. The listeners will be reminded that life experiences have a compelling way of connecting us, inspiring us, and empowering us to stay real. I am Tara Martin, your host of The Real Journey Show. Welcome to The Real Journey Show. We have a very special guest today. We have the New York Times bestselling author of Teach Like a Pirate. He is a man who has started a publishing company from his kitchen table and has created this wonderful empire and community of authors and educators around the entire world. And I can call him friend and I'm super excited to have him on my show today. Welcome, Dave Burgess. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, thanks, Tara. First of all, I am so excited to be your first guest on The Real Journey Show. That's incredible. (laughs) I am pumped for you that you're starting a podcast. You're going to be amazing at it. I know it's going to just... grow and be a wonderful place for people to come and connect and hear inspiring stories. So congratulations on your podcast, first of all. Thank you. I can't wait. You were my first choice of a guest, for sure. I was like, yes, I got to start with somebody that's outstanding, but also gets me. So let's do this thing. Yeah. And so let's just be clear that I'm not your first guest because I'm your boss. And I said that I had to be right. So this exactly. is it was a request, right? Exactly. Okay, yeah, so um, I'm Dave, I'm from San Diego, California, started teaching a long time ago, my, actually, my gateway drug into teaching was as a basketball coach, I started off as a basketball coach, and loved working with kids so much, I went back to night school, got my teacher credential, and uh, became a teacher, taught for many, many years, and then, uh, you know, as as time went on, uh, my department chair came one day, asked me to do a professional development workshop. I put the workshop together from scratch, didn't have workshop when I agreed to do it. That's something you talk about all the time, Tara, is you got a cannonball in sometime. I was not ready to do a workshop. I did not have a workshop. I had nothing, right? And they said, hey, do you want to do this workshop? And I said, yes, sign me up. Let's do this thing, right? (laughs) And then I drove away from that meeting going, oh, crap. Now I have to put together a workshop. And so I did exactly what you talk about in Cannonball In. I I, I Cannonballed In. um, I was scared. And I uh, had to craft a workshop from scratch. I delivered it. It resonated. uh, Teachers loved it. And then I began to go anywhere in the world where anyone will listen to me to talk about these ideas. I was so excited about the Teach Like a Pirate program that I had created that I just wanted to talk to everyone about it. So I submitted conference proposals everywhere. And if any conference in any state said, yeah, you can come do your pirate thing, I got a plane ticket, uh, uh, got a hotel, I bought a conference registration, and I went and I, I did my thing. And uh, nobody knew who I was, right? I was just a crazy guy walking around dressed like a pirate. And so I think that's one of the things that people misunderstand about sort of the origin story for a lot of us is like they'll say like gosh like no one will pay me to speak or like I can't get any job any bookings and things like that but for for you for me when we started our speaking careers we weren't getting paid to speak 
Like we were excited just to go to a conference and, and be able to get in front of people. And I, I think that you kind of had the same experience as well, didn't you? Exactly. And I remember just asking you, like, how do you share your message? Like, I have all this inside of me. And I think that's what you're telling our audience today. Like, I had all of this passion and all of this exciting things, these wonderful things that were happening in my classroom. And people, kids were running to get in and not out, literally skipping others' classes to join your classes. Like, I've heard you tell that story. And why wouldn't you share this with other teachers to try to get them to maybe create a similar atmosphere? But in order to do that, then you have to put yourself out there. You had to create some kind of structure to be able to share with them. But then you had to pay for it. You had to travel to different places. And I love that you can empathize with us new new speakers, new learners, um, new authors trying to share out our message because it doesn't just happen overnight. I mean, everything that quote unquote looks easy is a lot of work and there's a lot of things that happen behind the scenes. So I'm loving that you're sharing parts of that for this origin story of DBC Inc. and your journey to get there because I think it's just really important that we remember that piece. And so I really can't wait for you to share how a lot of people will come to me, especially our new authors and ask, like, how do you write a proposal to even start doing that? So share that piece of your story, because I love that part. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I I mean, I wrote up my proposals to make it sound like you're going to Disneyland, <laughs> right? And so, like, you read through the, the descriptions of sessions at a conference, and most of them sound like you're going to the dentist office to be drilled, right? <laughs> and I wrote, no, I, w- I went the opposite direction. I had been studying copywriting for a long time. And so that's part of it, too, is I had a background in... I didn't have a degree in marketing or business or copywriting or any of these things, but I, these were things I, I was interested in. And so I was constantly reading, like behind me, behind these pirate flags behind me are shelves and shelves of books on entrepreneurship and marketing and copywriting and all that kind of stuff like that. So I was taking those skills from outside of education and bringing them into education and writing up descriptions of my sessions that would draw people in and make them excited and, and want to come see me. And so, and then also I was doing groundwork. I was, I was out there walking around these conferences, introducing myself and inviting them people to come see me, you know, passing people in the hallway. They were looking through their programs and saying like, Hey, like, you know, there's going to be a pirate room 18 at 10 o'clock. And they would turn around and see like a six, five pirate walk by you know, in, in his pirate outfit. And, um, and, and then these places. So like now maybe people might see me as the, like I, I come in and I do a, a keynote at a conference in front of a big giant group in like the, you know, the, the ballroom space. And that seems like maybe intimidating. But when I was starting out, I was just in like these little tiny session rooms. I mean, I can re- remember being in some of these session rooms. It was basically like the size of a hotel room, you know? And we would just jam people in there and we would pack the walls with people. They'd be sitting on the floor in the aisles and like, you know, like out in the hallway blocked outside and then when that started to you know conference started to see like wow this person's room is packed and you know then they started to give me bigger and bigger rooms and i would ask for try to get bigger and bigger spaces in order to do the teach like a pirate program but all this was on the front end and i'm talking for years so i spoke about teach like a pirate for five or six years before the book okay and so that's like some of the stuff that people don't see and so then the other, so the next thing that happened was um, 
I can still remember to this day. I was in a coffee shop in Washington, D.C. at the NCSS conference. I, I had just done a presentation. A person came up to me afterwards and said, we, they were from a publishing company and they wanted to talk to me and they offered me a publishing contract. God, I could, I went, Tara, I was so pumped. Like, oh my God, I've been wanting to, I've been thinking about writing a book for a long time, but I've been procrastinating. So I read the publishing contract. I'm like, oh my gosh. I went straight up into my hotel room. I Googled publishing contracts because I thought that she was trying to cheat me. Like, I couldn't believe it, right? And when I Googled publishing contracts, I came to find out she was not trying to cheat me. That's what they look like. And to me, the only thing missing was a ski mask and a gun. I was like, wait a second, I'm gonna write this book. It's my intellectual property. I'm gonna travel around and speak about it. I'm gonna build a social media platform and you make how much money and I make how much money? It made no sense to me at all. And they wanted to take creative control of my project. They wanted to remove the edgy stuff. They wanted to take out the rants about the overemphasis on standardized test scores, for example. And they said, no administrator will support this book with that stuff in there. But Tara, I knew a secret because I was married to an administrator. I knew the secret. There's a lot of administrators were frustrated with that too. And they said it was too personal. Like you wrote about walking through the canyons with your kids in this book. You wrote about your favorite Christmas carol in this book. Little drummer boy, by the way. You wrote your favorite Christmas carol. That doesn't belong in the educational read. Where's the research studies? Where's the data? Where's the footnoting for all this? And that was not the book I was looking to write. This was my story, my manifesto, right? And so we did a ton of research. And I had been studying things like entrepreneurship and marketing for a long time. And we ended up deciding we did not need to sign that contract. We formed our own publishing company, Shelly and Emmy, our own publishing company. And we published Teach Like a Pirate right off a laptop at the kitchen table. Um, and so there's several things about this. One of the things I love about, uh, one of the entrepreneurs I love is Tim Ferriss. His, uh, his first book that made him famous was The 4-Hour Workweek, but he's written several books since then. And he said one of the best ways to become an entrepreneur is to scratch your own itch. In other words, if you have a problem, if you have something that you're frustrated with, if you have something that's an obstacle for you that's standing in your way, if you can solve that, you can almost guarantee that there are other people trying to solve that problem too. And so that was what happened for us is that I did not like the traditional publishing contracts. And then I looked at what the self-publishing looked like and that looked really hard as well. And so what we did is we scratched our own itch. We created a company that had everything in it that we wanted to, to publish Teach Like a Pirate. And then we realized, oh, wait a second, all kinds of people are out here with this same problem. They don't want to sign those contracts and get some tiny little percentage and lose creative control and intellectual property rights and all that kind of stuff, right? They don't want to do all the behind the scenes labor and craziness of being a self-published author and not have that like a community of people to support you either, right? They don't want to do it on their own. And so what we did is try to take all the best parts of uh, being a self-published author, keep them, all the best parts of being a traditionally published author, keep them, get rid of all the worst parts of both and create sort of a unique hybrid model in the middle. And so we scratched our own itch. And sure enough, just like Tim Ferriss said, there were tons of other people that had that same exact itch that, that uh, we could help them as well. So I, I love, I love this piece of the story. I love all the pieces of the story, honestly, but two things that really stood out to me on the piece that you were just talking about is one that you spoke on your content for multiple years. I find that there are people that come up to me and they'll say, you know, I want to write a book, but I'm not sure what to write it on. I'm like, well, maybe you're not ready to write a book yet. And then one of the things, why? Because I think 
if you have a message deep inside your heart, then you're sharing that message all the time. You're trying that out. Like you were literally trying that out on audiences and knowing what was resonating and what was not. And it makes perfect sense that your book is a New York Times bestselling uh, book because you had all of this time to literally hone in your craft and give the audience the things that were the best, right? And then not only did you just do that with your message, but then when you publish this message, it's almost like you built your company around that same idea. Let's let's better serve our people with all of the best of everything. I'm sure there were things, I mean, I'm assuming there were probably things in your Teach Like a Pirate first workshop that aren't still part of your message today. Like maybe those didn't resonate, right? So you knew what needed to come out and what needed to go in and what was working for the audience and what they were taking and actually applying in their classrooms and what you were seeing them tweet about. So I love that piece of your story because I think it kind of trends, like it definitely transfers into like moving into this company where you took all the best of the things, put them together to better serve your people. Same thing, serve your readers and then later your authors. So continue along that idea of building your community around this message, but not only this message, but this newfound company, publishing company. Yeah, and and so you're exactly right about the book thing because this happens to us all the time. Like people, I'll, I'll sit down and talk to people, and they'll say, "Hey, um, I want to write a book, and then go out and start speaking about it, right?" And I always tell them, "No, no, 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 no. Wait, you got this backwards. Go and speak, and then write a book, right? Because when you speak, then with a real audience, authentic people, like eyes staring at you." You get to deliver your message. You get to see what resonates. You get to see what hits. You get to see, you get a chance to hone and craft your message on the front end, right? You'll know what slide you put up that everyone puts their phone up and wants to get a picture of. You know what your social media feed looks like afterwards. Like what people, oh, like they they really, there's lots of tweets about this right here. I need to emphasize this. Afterwards, people will come up and talk to you and say, hey, could you explain this a little bit? Oh, I need to flesh that out a little more when I'm doing my presentation. Or you realize, oh, people really want more information about this part, or they really love this part. And you get a chance to hone and craft that message over a long period of time and then really like focus it and nail it. And then you write a book, right? Because the book is on, it's a print, it's a printed thing, it's permanent, right? Your, permanent, your speech yeah. can change your your speech can change every time. And so uh, all I always tell people, get your message in front of an authentic audience. We love to work with speakers, we love to work with bloggers. Because bloggers and speakers are used to uh, putting their message out in front of an authentic audience, and they know what is the best of their writing. They know what what blog post really uh, hit. They know which blog post did, blog post didn't do as well. Same with their their workshops and sessions, and so they're uh, they're crafting and honing the message all along. I always tell bloggers, I'm like, hey, if you've been blogging for a while, you have more of your book written than you ever than you could possibly even imagine. Because you're just going to take some of the best writing from your blog and, and, and draw it and bring it into the book. And so the first thing that you're doing when you're writing a book is uh, you go into a collection and curation phase. Go through all the best stuff you do in your workshops. Do all the best stuff that you do in your classroom. Take all the best stuff that you've written on your blog. And you start to curate that, collect that, and bring it together. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, I actually have a lot of things here. And it's not that I'm going to have to like write a book from scratch. It's more like that I'm going to put this jigsaw puzzle together. 
because I have all these pieces and now it's just trying to figure out how to put it together and make it all make sense and, and kind of brand it and package it all together. And so I think, I think that's a super important thing. The other thing that happens to us, by the way, is people will come to us. Um, you, you kind of mentioned this as well. That you, people will come to us and say, hey, I, I love your books. Um, I love your company. I would like to write for you. Um, what would you like to, what, what kind of books are you looking for? And that's never our person. Like we, we are not giving um, like assignments, like a new, sending a reporter out to go like bring back an assignment on a story, right? What we do, we talk about manifestos. So what our authors, they have a message inside of them that they can't wait to share. And they're sharing it now already, in fact, right? And what we do is help them spread that message. So we help to amplify their impact. So that's what we're really good at. And so we're not telling people what their message needs to be. What we do, we're, we're, we're really good at finding people that have a powerful message and are passionate about it and then helping them spread it. And so that's a, that's a big part of what we do at DBC. Yes, I think, I think you and Shelly are just... I call you guys multipliers all the time because I feel like that's exactly what you do. Liz Wiseman wrote a book about it and it's just always resonated with me. Those certain people in your life that find those hidden talents and just help you to amplify your message, kind of pour gasoline on your fire and help you to share that message all over the place. And I, I definitely know that that's what DBC, that's what we're founded on. That's what you guys believe. That's what you push. And I, I feel like there's probably publishing companies out there that do cause um, writers to put their their thoughts in this like specific formula and kind of box them in. So when they come to us or to you and they'll ask you like, what do you want me to write about? They're, they're looking for like a hot topic, a formula, a fit into the box, but that's not why this brand has become what it is. And I, I, I would love to hear more about you sharing how did we become this brand, DBC Inc., become this brand that people crave because it is outside of the norm? You guys did disrupt the publishing company. So tell us a little bit about how it became something that these little these people asking for these specific formulas or this specific um, topic, the hot topic, why they don't fit into the brand. Yeah, so I, I think it's... Yeah, or I mean, we're trying, and this is something that uh, I talk about in Teach Like a Pirate too, is, is fighting the cookie cutter, right? Mm -hmm. And so, what? It, and this is what I, I preach to educators all the time. What is unique about you, your particular strengths, your talents, your voice that you add to your classroom is what makes you most powerful and effective with students, right? And the same thing is true with books, is that what is unique about you, your particular strengths and talents, your voice, that's not to be stripped away from a project. So lots of times people, and this happened to me at the start, this is why I didn't sign those contracts. They said, hey, your book is too personal. You know, it's too, uh, all, there's all these stories in there. I mean, they're talking about your children and these things like this in, in the book. And uh, it, it, it's written more first person conversational. Like this is very strange. And that's exactly what we think resonates with people is that our books have a more conversational feel. They don't sound like a doctoral dissertation. They don't sound like a textbook. They sound like another human being who's super excited and passionate about their work is sharing it with you. And you'll see a weird thing on social media sometimes. Like you'll see uh, pictures of people reading DBC books like at the beach or on vacation. And like, that's not where you read workbooks. You don't read workbooks at the beach, but people read our books at the beach because they're, 
that they have that different feel to them. And it's my opinion that for a lot of education books today, like you could just, if you put them all out on the table, you could shuffle the names around on the bottom of the book. It wouldn't even matter because those people are not inside of those books. They're written third person, formal academic. But the idea of changing the names on the bottom of our books would be ludicrous. It'd be ridiculous because we are all inside of our books. Imagine another person's name on the bottom of Be Real. Like it, it, it doesn't work, right? Because it is your voice, your story that you sold with such great and courageous vulnerability you shared with people, right? Some of it for the first time to be shared. And like no one else's name can be on the bottom of that book. No one else's name can be on the bottom of my book. Like, and that's the way it is throughout our entire line. And so I think that's something like you, you can come up and talk to us at a conference and you already feel like you know us because our, our story and voice was, was woven through the pages of everything that they read. And the book is based also on the speaking, right? And so when they see us speak and then they get the book, there's a match there. You know, sometimes you see someone speak and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a dynamic uh, person and they're so funny. And then you pick up their book and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened to that person that I saw speak? Like, this is like this dry thing, right? And so that's something that we really work hard with the authors on is to make, make sure there's a match there, not only authentically with themselves, but also with their presentational styles and all that. To us, the book is a piece of art that you're putting out into the world. And so it should be real reflective of the artist. And then I think the other thing that we've done is um, put a real focus on building community. And so, um, I love the, there, there's a, uh, I, I blogged about it recently, not too long ago about Jerry Garcia of the Grateful Dead. He was talking about this phenomenon, uh, uh, like the deadheads that travel around from concert to concert to watch these dead shows. And they, they see, you know, 20, 30, 100, you know, 200 different concerts. And a whole, it's like a little community that was following them around from show to show to show. And they would set up these tents and sell products and different things like that. And what he said is that it's not necessarily about us and it's not necessarily about the music. What we have done is we have created a place for people to come and ritualize. So where like-minded people could come and find like, hey, I'm not alone. Maybe, maybe like for example, an educator is, feels alone on their campus. They feel like they don't have other people that are supporting and uplifting them and their ideas and what, and what they wanna like go for in education and in life. But they can come to a T-Lap chat or they can come to, you know, a kids deserve it chat, or they can come to a ditch book, the ditch book family, or whatever it might be, where they find and they can connect with our community and people, and it's a place where they can be inspired, uplifted, and they can make connections. And so I think that's one of our secrets is that we go out and authentically interact with educators, build connections, and create communities and places for people to come and ritualize. That's actually what I experienced before I ever became an author, which is being a part of the community and not feeling like an alien any longer. And it was really just TLAP for me at first, um, just joining that chat and learning that there's people all over the world, like trying these very innovative things in their classroom or with their school district. And at that point I was an instructional coach. So as an instructional coach, it's kind of a lonely field when you're in your district, just because there's not very many of them. And then getting out there and figuring out there's so many of them and they're all trying these cool things. So I think that is exactly what drew me in. And it was all about the realness. I mean, not to bring it back to my topic of interest but that is one that is one thing that dvc inc is so um 
passionate about, but not only that, you guys, it, it very much holds a high value in our company. So much so that you guys hired me later to keep that realness alive, you know, being able to have that face-to-face -face interaction with our authors, you know, no matter how busy everybody was. And so I love that piece too, because it does feel like uh, most people meet us at conferences, any of our authors, and they're like, it feels like they just jumped out of the computer and then they're, they're like right here in front of us. And I love that because there is no, um, there's no facade. Everything that we're doing is real and like whatever we're putting in inside of our books, we've actually tried, we're doing it. Um, and you guys make sure that that community feels safe to like try new things, but also feel safe to come and say, hey, this was a really, really not good. You know, some of the things that come out in T-Lab, they're like, yeah, I tried that. That was a disaster. And then right behind it, someone will come in and say, oh, I had that same thing happen the first four times I tried it. And then, then I did this. And so they, they literally, everyone in there, whether they're um, sometimes lately we've had a lot of pre-service teachers. So even the pre-service teachers are like, oh, you can do that in the classroom, you know, finding all this, these fun, innovative things to do with their kiddos. And I love that because it, it goes back to that community piece. You guys built that first. And I, I, like, like I said at the beginning, I think sometimes we get ahead of ourselves trying to or seeing someone's middle of their journey and like trying to automatically get to that place without starting where we need to begin. And, and that is building the community first. That's one of the things you have taught me, but also we, I think, definitely teach our authors with their hashtag. Build a community around your hashtag. Share your content with your people. So try it out on them. See how they're liking it. I talk to authors, Tara, I talk to authors about this all the time. Is that I say, look, uh, like, don't try, don't try to go sell your book. Because if you try to go sell your book, you're going to feel kind of icky, like you're giving a sales pitch all the time. And um, most educators don't feel comfortable doing that. And you won't do it as often as you should because it feels kind of uncomfortable to you, right? right. And you won't push as hard as you should because you like, feel there's like something weird in that dynamic. And the other person, by the way, will be more resistant to your message because they feel like they're being sold and no one likes to feel like they're being sold, right? So rather than trying to go sell your book, just try to go spread your message. And that's why you came to us to begin with because you had a message you were passionate about. So don't let that change now that you have a book and just have a total product focus, right? Still focus on your message, spread your content of your message. Build a community around that message. Be an authentic member of that community. Be a prolific sharer within that community. And then the wonderful thing about the universe is that books will sell too. Like there's a great spirit of reciprocity in the universe. And when you help other people, when you're a prolific sharer, a connector, and a builder of community, then those communities will turn around and support you. And so people all the time try to figure out our secrets. Like they want like, you know, they want to know like an ad that they can put out or how to like write a tweet a certain way that's going to sell books and things like that. It's like, that's not it. It's, a, it's, be, it's authentically interacting and connecting with people and building communities and focusing on spreading messages. That's the, so the secret is that there is no secret. It's a, lot of, it's a lot of work. And like on the early end of this, I mean, listen, if you, like I was relentless. <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm still pretty relentless today. But when I first started, it was to another level, right? Like if you tweeted about my book, if you said something about my book on social media, 
I was there so fast that you might've been scared. I was like looking over your shoulder when you were like typing a tweet, right? It would be like, you would put a pirate light in the sky, like a bat light. And like, I, boom, I showed up and was like, hey, what's, thank you so much for reading TLAP. Uh, you, know, let, you know, let me know your thoughts, blah, 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 whatever it might be. And like, you had just sent the tweet like 10 seconds before and all of a sudden whoosh, there was a reply and people were going, oh my God, the author just replied to me, right? And so that's something that we talked to authors about too. Like, hey, connect, interact with people. And some people think that like sharing their message and, and all that kind of stuff is egotistical. Um, it's not egotistical. We, I assume that you, as, as an author, that you think your message is valuable. You think that's important that if more people were to uh, see your message, that that would be helpful for students because you think that what you're offering for teachers would be helpful for students, right? And so sharing your message is not egotistical. Um, it's not self-promotional. It's a moral imperative. If you have something that you think can help other people, you have a moral imperative to share it. But this is the key. You don't just have a moral imperative to share it. You have a moral imperative to get good at sharing it, right? And to do the work behind the scenes to learn what you need to learn to get good at spreading and sharing that message. Because if more people, if you if you really believe that more people will will be able to help kids and be successful in their careers as educators if they hear your message, then you need to do everything you possibly can to share it. And I give this over-the-top example sometimes of walking through a party, a crowded party. And someone on the other side of the room falls over and stops breathing, right? Well, now, if you know CPR, would it be egotistical of you to, to make it very loud and clearly known that you needed to get to this person to help them? Would it be selfish of you to, like, to rush over there and help? Would people go like, oh, my God, look at this person always trying to be like the center of attention at the party, helping this person down on the ground, right? No, they would greet you as a hero when you showed up because you have exactly what you need for that person in that moment to save their life. And there are students uh, suffocating in classrooms all over America. There are teachers who are not getting the support they need in their school systems. There are administrators who are burnt out and struggling. And if you have something that can help these students, if you have something that can help these teachers, if you have something that can help these administrators, then you need to be clear and loud and make sure that your message is heard and do what you can to spread it. It's a moral imperative. I appreciate that so much too, because I do think as educators, many, many times we feel like we're not good at being salespeople. We're not good at, we hate going to buy it. I hate buying a new car. I just don't want to deal with like a car salesman. I don't want to deal with somebody pushing stuff on me. I want to be in control. And I think as teachers, we feel much the same way. But when I understand this firsthand when I have a message deep down. And I really honestly feel like everybody needs to be real. <laughs> I really do. And I still think that it's not happening. I, I still believe that too many people are trying to be something that they're not to get to a status that they think they need to be at. And so I, I believe this message was my whole heart. And so that is what I try to portray to others. That's what I try to always share with others. It's, like, like you've said many times, like in my keynote, I don't even mention that I have a book. I don't think I even talk about the book. I mean, when they introduce me, they say I have a book, but I'm telling, I'm sharing my message with them. And at the end, the books all sell out, right? Because they want to know more because they're interested in learning more. And I think when we do share for us that are published authors out there that are listening, when we share our message, 
people want to know more. It reminds me a lot of, and I love telling the story, but it reminds me a lot of Dr. Martin Luther King. You know, when he shared his message, he made people thirsty for more. They wanted more of what he was talking about. They wanted to do this thing. He shared this is what is, but this is what could be. And he made people believe that things could be different because of the message that he was sharing. He influenced them without shoving them to one side or another. And I think really DBC has embraced a very similar spirit where we inspire others to share their message, not to push it on people and make people believe a certain way or make them fit into a certain brand. But we want to inspire others to believe this message and to to, to want more, but more to want more for our kids, for our learners, for all those that are listening so that things could be different. So it doesn't have to stay the same. And I think that's what a, a wonderful company is built on. All these great companies that become something big, that's what it is. They, they realized that there was some problems in the way whatever system was, and that there are some things that could be put in place and plugs that be be plugged in place to make things different, to make things better. So are there any other tips? So say we've kind of spoken to authors and speakers out there and people who maybe have a message in their heart and they want to share. We've given them lots of different ways that they can kind of get themselves out there, maybe starting to speak, uh, writing things down, starting a website, blogging. You've talked about selling your message verbally in chats with others when you're face-to-face in conferences. And then, then later, trying out all those things on all these people and these authentic audiences and later putting it down on paper that's going to be print forever. But then you've also talked about your business being built much the same, building a community around that DBC Inc. business through T-Lab, through Lead Lab, through Kids Deserve It, Play Like a Pirate, whatever brand uh, hashtag that we've started. We have all these little communities. And then... Then you've put structure in place to allow these authors to be able to share their authentic message. They can't just put any name on the bottom of the book. It, it means something specifically to that author, and that is their specific message they want to share with the world. So we've spoken to people who want to share their message, and we've kind of given you guys all these great ideas. And then what about like the entrepreneurs out there? What about our listeners that maybe are wanting to start their own business? And I know that they kind of gather some things from you about building a community and and staying true to their brand and keeping it real. But do you have any other tips or tricks that you would like, or maybe lessons learned that you would like to share with our future entrepreneurs out there? Yeah, so a couple of things. First of all, I would say, I, I tell people, live wide and read wide. And so uh, I think we have kind of some blinders on sometimes in education, and there's so much out there outside of education that has uh, is so applicable to education. And so, um, like for example, in Teach Like a Pirate, I tell people this very strange thing about this book. There's not one single education book referenced inside of it. Not a single one. And it's not because I don't like education books. We publish over a hundred, right? It's because that's not where it came from. It was from the outside drawn in. It was my background in all these different areas. My background as a coach, my background as a magician, my background as a marketer and entrepreneur, my background as an MC. Like all these different things came together to create the best me. And that's the same thing I think is that pe- people need to read outside of education. And so uh, the, the work that I did on the front end through the copywriting, marketing, sales, all that kind of an entrepreneurship 
was super important. So live wide and read wide and look for those itches to scratch, right? So look for problems and things that you're having and try to, if you can solve your problem, you know that other people have had that problem as well. Make sure you get connected. So uh, becoming a connected educator absolutely changed my life because it gave me access to this whole community of people um, that uh, I could tap into. And so, you know, I'm at Burgess Dave on Twitter. Follow me, I'll follow you back. Um, uh, TLAP, TLAP is the hashtag. If you're an Instagram person, DBC underscore INC is where you'll find it. You have to also put up with some fitness posts and stuff like that, but also education and entrepreneurship. So DBC underscore INC on Instagram. So make sure you get connected. Um, and, and so th those are things for sure. I would say, uh, Always, I always try to encourage people to sign up to do presentations because even if you don't have entrepreneurial dreams, when you have to take, when you have to say like, hey, I'm going to speak in front of this audience of my peers and you have to try to think about what is it that's unique about me? What's special? What is it that's my secret sauce? What's like kind of my magical recipe for success in the classroom or as administrator, whatever your role is, right? And you have to kind of like pull that together that forces you to become much more intentional about what you do. And so that for sure happened to me is I, I was doing a lot of things in my classroom that after when I had to pull it together to do a workshop, it's like, oh, that's what, like, that's what's, that's how I got that idea. Or that's why this one works and that one doesn't. And it made me much more intentional about my teaching. And then I was able to replicate that moving forward after I had started to do the presentations. I was better after I did the presentations. So I always encourage people to, to present for their peers. Sign up to do conferences at, or sessions at conferences, uh, local, state, national. It doesn't matter. I got a national conference before I had a book. The submit proposal. You, you did a national conference, uh, a huge one, before you had a book. So don't be intimidated. Do proposals. And you know, it, that ties into your cannonball in message, right? There are, there's all sorts of people who have uh, like, gosh, I want to do this thing, but I'm just not sure. I'm kind of feeling intimidated by this. I feel just cannonball in. Just go for it. Uh, write the proposal. And by the way, don't be, don't be disappointed when sometimes they are rejected. Mm -hmm. Even after I had a book, even after I had a book that was selling like crazy, I still was rejected for sessions at conferences, various places. Some of those same places now pay me lots of money to go there, right? <laughs> but they rejected me when I wanted to speak there for free. You know? And so I have a whole, you know, I have a whole drawer full of conference rejections. Teach like a pirate. I said, like, I want to come to your conference and speak for free and do teach like a pirate. And they're like, yeah, don't think so. Right. And then now. Some of those same places are like, hey, can you come speak on this date? And they're, you know, they're paying money to go there. And so you have to understand that you're going to have some of those rejections. And it's not because your message isn't good. It's just because maybe the wrong person read it that day or, you know, submitted the next year too. Submit it to the 10 other places and eventually you're going to find your place. That's one of the things that I've learned a lot from you is just being prolific, um, putting a lot of stuff out there. And one of your ideas is going to catch, you know. And, and, and with these proposals, I had the same exact thing. We've talked about this. Um, I proposed to present book snaps at this one conference and someone else actually proposed to present book snaps too, who wasn't the founder of book snaps and they got in and I didn't, which was strange. They gave me credit. I mean, it was sweet, but the founder of book snaps didn't even get in. And now that conference has paid me like 
amazing amounts of money to go like go speak for them um, way later, you know, two years later, three years later. But I think that's true. I think we have to remember that we're going to get rejected. It's part of the process. And I hate rejection as much as anybody else, but it's just part of the process. But the more we jump, the more we cannonball in, the, the better, the more we get used to jumping. And then the splashes don't, you know, if you belly bust a few times, it doesn't hurt so much. You're just like, okay, I know I can live past this and I'm just going to get up there and jump again and see if this splash actually makes an impact because that's what it's all about. I think starting a business too, there were probably lots of times where you wanted to do something and it didn't work out. It fell through. There's got to be times where things didn't work out and it fell through or we didn't make a good business choice, whatever. And it happens sometimes, but we know that like we learned from that mistake and move on. And I love too, that you reminded the people just to get out there, just to, just to do it. A lot of people will ask about writing a book. I'm like, just start writing. Like start writing and compartmentalizing some of your stuff. And like you said, if you present on it, you have to synthesize, you have to get down to the big ideas. You have to fill in the gaps with how are you going to share this message with other people so they can then take it back to their audiences and do the same thing. And that is where you just really hone your craft. I, I almost wish I would have spoken a few more years on Be Real before I wrote the book, <laughs> just because I think it would be even better. And I think it would make even a better impact. I feel like now I would change a few things. So I love that piece as well. So it sounds to me like we have given our audience just a ton of great things. Thank you for sharing, one, how to get started as a speaker author, but also just how to share your message. Maybe you're out there and you don't want to write a book. You don't necessarily want to start a business, but you definitely have a message that you want to share. There are so many avenues for sharing your message. And so maybe we can talk to that, talk about that just for a moment before we close, because I want everyone to feel included. Everyone has a story to tell, but not everyone's an author. And maybe not everyone's a public speaker either. And maybe not everyone is going to start their own business. So how do they get out there and start sharing their messages? Yeah, so I think one part of this is a quote from Seth Godin really inspired me early on in my journey. And by the way, this is, I mean, you have the perfect, the, the, the real, it's a journey, right? And so um, it's never about just the destination. And th this is something that actually that I talked to my son about, and I've talked to some other young people about before, like, so, uh, DBC Inc. is a multi-million dollar corporation, right? It's been on the, the Inc. Um, 5,000 list for fastest growing privately held company in the United States for a couple consecutive years, okay? But the key is, is we didn't start out to have a corporation even, right? I started out as a teacher. I taught for 17 years, right? And then it morphed into this entrepreneurial journey that became DVC Inc., right? And so, but it was about the fact that I had taken something that I was good at, which was teaching, and then looked to spread that, amplify that impact a little bit. And then through the book, like, oh, like we know how to do this book thing now, let's help people do that. But it was so, you don't have to see the end of your story to start, right? You don't have to. You don't have to choose right now. You don't have to decide what your final goal is in right now. Just get moving. Get started. And what Seth Godin said is like, because uh, two people will say like, well, no one, but like I can't get signed, or no one will accept me for this, or I don't. I'm sure if I'm like ready, like no one's. Look, reject the tyranny of pit. 
it's like to choose yourself. Like you don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to wait for someone to choose you. You don't have to wait for someone. You don't have to raise your hand and be selected. Go ahead and put your work out into the world now. Pick yourself, okay? And so I think that that's a big part of this. It's a huge part. And like you said, you just have to just do it. Every journey starts somewhere and everyone has to begin somewhere. And then you learn all these things along the way. It's just part of every life's journey. And on this show, I hope that our listeners will start to learn a lot about other people. Maybe you know these authors or speakers. Maybe you don't. Maybe we'll have some people on the show that you've never met before, but you get to hear about their journey, where they started and where they are now, and then where they're going to, where they see like their hopes for the future. So that's the one last thing that I just need to have you share, Dave, like, what are you thinking for the future? What does, um, we don't have to know the end, but we always have to be dreaming big. So what are your big dreams for DVC company or this journey in the future? What are you thinking? Yeah. So like, I'm a big believer in following your energy. And so this is for, so for me, when I first, when I left college, I had a lot of energy around coaching, coaching basketball in particular. Right. And so I followed my energy into coaching and then I was like, Oh, wait a second. It's not just necessarily the coach, the basketball part of this. I have a lot of energy around working with young people and teaching and instructing. And so I went to night school and got my teacher credential. And all of a sudden, all my energy was around lesson planning and building relationships with kids. And that's where all my energy and focus was. And then when I started to do the workshop, I was like, oh, man, I feel my energy shifting right now. And like I, where I was, just so excited about all my lesson planning and all that. Like now I kind of, I'm split. I have all this energy around spreading this message to educators and seeing these kind of things happen in other classrooms as well. And so that was a chance for me to amplify my impact and to spread my message and to have it go further was to buy through the workshops. And then the book came out, right? And I had a lot of passion around that. I followed that energy that way. And then it's like, oh, wait, but if I can do it with my message, maybe I can help other people do it with their messages as well. And then the energy started to focus there. And so that's where the energy is now. And so of course, I still love to go talk about Teach Like a Pirate. I still love to, to speak and I still love to blog and all that. But really, where I really feel uh, my energy now is in trying to find other people with powerful messages and help them spread it and amplify their impact in the world. And so... I still, you know, I love it when Teach Like a Pirate sells, of course, but to be honest with you, I rarely even look at the rankings and things like that of Teach Like a Pirate anymore, but I'm always looking at how these new books are doing, how these new authors are doing, and, you know, I, I, I'm more, inter more interested in helping them spread their message than, uh, than in the Teach Like a Pirate at the moment, and so I think that's kind of where my current real energy and focus is, is in uh, helping and spreading messages, and that's something which is you know, bringing you into DBC has had a huge impact on that and, and, and helping me and on the work that you do for authors and the work on the front end before their books come out and then after the books come out and all along has just been hugely instrumental in helping us grow as a company and get better and better and better. So I really help. I really thank you for all the work that you've done in that area too. Oh, it's been so fun. And I, I just love where we're headed with DBC Inc. And I love that our mission is so personal to people. I mean, if we keep people at the center, we'll always do well. I, I feel like any company that keeps the people and the heart of the people at the center, they're always going to do well because they have it. They're in it for the right reasons. And I love that your splash, Dave, seriously, like it's, 
exponential. I mean, there's just no way to even measure the splash and the impact that it's had on the waves that are like all across the world of people like me that you've seen some talent and just help them to amplify their message to other people. And then now I get to do that for other authors. You do that for tons of people, all of these educators out there in our connected PLN. And so thank you for the work that you do. Thanks for sharing your journey with us, your real journey. And I appreciate you being my first guest on the Real Journey Show. And I hope that if you are interested in anything that we talked about today and you want to get in contact with Dave, I'm going to let him share his information with us. We'll also link it in the comments below. So be sure and let us know what you think about our first show. But Dave, before we leave, share with the audience how they can get in touch with you in case they are not already connected. Absolutely. So I blog every week at DaveBurgess.com. So you can find me at DaveBurgess.com. You can find the company at DaveBurgessConsulting.com. Uh, we have an email email list at both places that you can sign up for. They'll, you'll get the blogs right into your inbox. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter at Burgess Dave. My name just flipped around to Burgess Dave. And on Instagram, DBC underscore INC. I would love to connect with you. Follow me. I'll follow you back. Uh, we can connect. We can uh, build. You can become a part of the community. And um, Tara, again, I want to thank you so much for not only having me on as a guest, for all your wonderful work with DBC, but then also for starting this podcast. I am pumped for you. And most importantly, I am pumped for your listeners because I know this podcast is just going to take off. And what a cool thing to do is to share other people's journeys, their stories, and show how they started their origin and how they got to where they are. And it's just going to, I know, I know it's just going to explode. I'm excited. Thank you so much for being my first guest. And thanks to all of our listeners for listening to The Real Journey Show. Uh, tune in each week and you will find a new episode of someone you may or may not know sharing their real journey. Thank you so much for joining The Real Journey Show. We are excited you tuned in today and hope that you have left feeling inspired and empowered to stay real and share your real journey with others. Remember, real, it's all about being relatable, exposing a little vulnerability, approachable, and learning through life. You can connect with me on Twitter at TaraMartinEDU or visit my website, TaraMMartin.com. Please use the hashtag RealJourneyShow to share your thoughts of today's episode. Tune in next week, The Real Journey Show.